Welcome back, everybody, to Three Men and Their Babies. Three dads, three very different scenarios. As always, I'm here with Adam and Benny. Adam, I hope you're not dying this week. I'm not. I feel alive uh, and not fit but or healthy, but not bad. So Because I'm go. not fit Start. or healthy, generally. So I'm, I'm not ill, is the main thing. Baby steps, mate. Baby steps. Exactly. Shout out POD as well for feeling so alive. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> how's your, I was going to say, how's your week been? But we're kind of on a short week this week. Because, people, we are real dads with real lives. And work dictates sometimes when we can record and stuff like that. So you might get funky kind of recording schedules now and again. But what can we do? But anyway, boys, how it's was like, your weekend? It's like Thursday night football. <laughs> it's like Thursday night football. Yeah. It's like a rescheduled game because of COVID. <laughs> oh, to be fair, it kind of is. I would have this job if we yeah. went for COVID. That's a, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. Anyway, how was your weekend, lads? Should I go first, Adam? Yeah. We. I'm, I'm being polite. And I'm, I'm waiting. <laughs> we have lots. We have lots of uh, baby things we did at the weekend. Ooh. I would go as far as to say it's go a baby on. update, but still, baby things happen. Number one, the day after we recorded. Last week, on Thursday, Blossom had a midwife appointment, which I think was 31-week midwife appointment. And as you two have heard, I also heard, the baby's actual heartbeat for the first time. Yes. That, that is true. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. You've heard that it. That was excellent. Uh, yeah. everything... Benny, Benny, much to the horror of his uh, beautiful lady Blossom, just sent a picture of her bruised and stretched belly with the heartbeat <laughs> in it. <laughs> much to her horror. But again, as I mentioned, we've all seen that already. We've all, all our wives have had kids or ladies have had kids or partners or whatever. So yeah, we've seen it before. It doesn't exactly. matter. And it's cool because it's a baby and that's great. Yeah. And her belly is bruised because of all the little injections she's got to take every day. Bless her. Like yeah. blood thinning and what have you. Yeah. I mean, her, her belly is an actual pincushion. It's very, it's like hard to see. But when she does it, she's an absolute champ when she gets her injections. She just, she don't even think about it. The needle goes in, fingers pushed, sharp goes into the sharp box. It's almost like it's it, not even a thing anymore. Me, I'd be panicking. She asked, she asked me if I want to do it for her. I was like, God no. What if I pop the baby? <laughs> <laughs> you just hear from like inside the stomach, like a kind of. <clears throat> Like that. Like, oh shit. <laughs> oh, I popped it. Sorry. Get another one. Yeah, so that was I had to do I had to do serious injections when we had IVF, like every day. Mm. So I had to do the same thing, like injections in the belly and stuff. That's not IVF. That you're supposed to put it in the vagina, aren't you? <laughs> Over what? the belly. The injections? <laughs> no. Oh, that sounds awful. It depends what you're kind injecting. Of, <laughs> it's say, I don't yeah, know how IVF works. <laughs> this is like a snuff film. <laughs> 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 quickly derailed here sorry benny what was the uh what was uh, next part of your uh, point, mate? moving on to saturday our mutual friend siobhan signed us up for a baby online baby clinic which was like a uh, online uh video class on how to pick up a baby and change a baby and bath a baby and make sure the baby does not get sudden infant death syndrome which was very you know not depressing at all Oh, yeah, it's terrifying. It is. It actually like scared the hell out of me and realize, made me realise that I know very little about how to put a baby down to sleep. Like the, yeah. the thing that the thing that I learned is that you got to put his like feet by like the bottom of the crib, and I thought you just bunged it straight in the middle and left it. So again, I learned something. Yeah, those classes we, um... are invaluable. I know the NHS kind of stopped doing them a few years back, at least for certain people in our area and that that was a real kind of loss because all of that kind of prenatal stuff and like the the actual going through what's happened with birth and then immediately after like looking after the kid is so valuable mm. what's weird as well is is that the way things change because i remember i remember growing up people talking about it who had kids or when i was you know probably 10 or 11 or something parents were always told to put the baby on the front which is like totally wrong. You should not put your baby on its front. But the people oh. were told that for years and years and years. And right. it only guys, I'm going like to have to rewrite this this uh, week's little section at the end <laughs> about, oh, <yeah. laughs> about bad parenting advice. So that's what I had. Bombshell, no Bigger, biggest advice no, thing no, at the wasn't. end. <laughs> Sorry, spoilers. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> 
but yeah, but I, I know it's just it's just crazy how those things change. And yeah, the same view as you, Benny. I just assume you just put the baby in the cot and that was it. Yeah. But yeah, you can't. You've you've got to put it towards the bottom. So mm-hmm. and then shout out to all of our mutual friend and part of our little gang, Rick, who when we bought Georgia her cot that was kind of like because she got kind of too big for her like a Moses basket, obviously, so she needed a cot. We bought her a cot and we were like, well, she's like it's massive compared to her, and we didn't want to roll it over anything. And Rick said, he said, just he says, mate, just get two pillows and truss them up like you're doing a Christmas ham or something like that. So get the string and like truss the pillows up and then tie them to so you put put them both inside the cot and then you tie these pillows to the inside of the cot. So then it kind of encloses the space for the baby. And then when they get too big, you just take one pillow out and the, the space is still like nice and kind of snug. It worked like a charm. See, wouldn't it have been easier just to like tie the baby down? <laughs> Every night. That's that a good queen. We tried that, but she kept, on yeah. the front. she kept. She kept chewing through the ropes. So oh, right. just. Yeah. <laughs> right. No word <laughs> like of a lie, though. With Daisy, when she was in her cart, like now, we used to have to be in a room with her to help her to fall asleep because she just couldn't deal with being on her own. And she was so active in her cart; she was constantly trying to roll on her front. So we had to go through a period of basically holding her down on her back so she would go to sleep. Like, not, like, by her shoulders, by just, like, gently putting your hand on her chest so she wouldn't roll over. Because she was constantly, like, lifting her legs up in the air, slamming them down and using that momentum to spin on her front. <laughs> it was it was terrifying all the way through because <laughs> you had to keep going into the room and just make sure, oh, hang on, yeah. Oh, yeah, she's not dead. She's just very asleep. And uh, it got even worse when using monitors, because even though you've got, like, two separate monitors, we were that paranoid. We had, like, a video monitor and a separate audio monitor. We got... (laughs) We still got the... So paranoid, we would still go upstairs and (laughs) check on her, because, God forbid, anything happened. But that horror is always in your head. And even now, you know, she's five years old... You, you want to check on her before you go to bed and just make sure, yeah, she's still alive, she's still breathing, <laughs> that's fine. Something happens in the night, well, I'm going to be asleep. There's nothing I can do. Bizarrely, I've got three quick points after what you've just said, Adam. The first one is, yeah, that's something you're going to learn, Benny, is that you'll never, you'll never ever switch off ever again. Mm. Like, even if it's just normal, everything's fine, you're yeah. always on. And you've got to be on and ready to go. It's a weird thing. It's like, it's something, one of those things that people don't really talk about, but... That's it now. Your brain now will, will be forever occupied, even subconsciously, with, ooh, I'll just go and check. And there's even times where I'm sat downstairs. It could be, I don't know, it could be 10 o'clock or something and George has been asleep. And I'll just get like a little spidey tingle. And I'll, I'm just going to go upstairs and check her, just for, <laughs> for no reason. And I'll do it. And she's fine. You know, but yeah, you get that. But yeah, I'm the same as you, Adam. My daughter is nine and a half. And so I come, so like I'll go to bed with my wife, and then I'll come back downstairs when she goes. She goes to sleep because I just I don't sleep much. So then I'll come back downstairs for a bit. I check on Georgia when I come downstairs, and then I check Georgia again when I go back upstairs to bed. There's no reason to because she's a kid. She could sleep with the duvet on her face now. Her lungs are now strong <laughs> enough and powerful enough that she can breathe perfectly fine. And there are times where she's had one of her bears across her face, or she's got this giant giant rabbit we call Big Buns. <laughs> and so big buns will be like just across her face. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. But she's still snoring away because, you know, like I said, her lungs yeah. are big now and she's totally fine. And the last thing was, Benny, you're going to find your kid sleeping in the weirdest positions. Mm-hmm. Like when they get a cot or a bed, you will walk in one night and think, oh, my God, you're a- how are you asleep? Because <laughs> like they'll be starfished out or like they'll have their arms dangling out of the cot or their legs out of the cot. One night I went to check in on Georgia and she had she was on all fours, <laughs> arse in the air face down but like but face down into the mattress <laughs> so i had to kind of like and i didn't want to wake her up or anything so i just kind of gently roll her over but she was fast asleep and i'm like how have you got into that position <laughs> yeah the online course also um has affected our wallets a little bit because it realized that we needed to buy yet more baby shit we bought a uh one of those infrared thermometers a bath slash room thermometer more vests, more blankets. Just real. It made us realise that we needed more shit. Yeah. Like the the list of things that we needed to buy just keeps on growing. 
And then the other, the other baby-related thing happened uh, earlier today, is that uh, Blossom had her first call with the health visitor, which I didn't realise how... Well, I, I understood that health visitors are a thing, like, when you're a new parent, but I didn't realise, like, how involved they are. I thought they just oh, popped yeah. around to your house, made sure, like, you didn't leave your um, your sockets on with nothing in them, and then... <laughs> Or made sure all the corners were soft so baby didn't bang his head and then just left. I didn't realise that it's such an involved process. Oh yeah, it really is. But yeah, she was lovely. Like, they'll have a file a file on you and everything. It's uh it's proper involved. Were they did they give you the talk about breastfeeding today? Um they asked Blossom if that's what she was intending to do, and that is what she's intending to do, but she's she's not trying to and I'm I keep telling her not to put pressure on herself to do it because no, don't. Yeah, she she yeah. keeps saying um well i need to get like a pump so i can express milk and i said and, and i always say to her hold your horses because you might not be able to and i don't want you to get your hopes up thinking that you can and then it doesn't happen because that might really like affect you mentally yeah. you know what i mean so she's yeah, sure. saying i think i've beaten that into her in such a way that she's becoming quite level-headed about it bless her yeah, that's great. I know we've mentioned it before, but it's not, you know, I, it, it is better, obviously, but it's not the be-all and end-all. Exactly. No, that's it. It's it's something that if if it can happen, great. And mm-hmm. if it can't, then it can't. There are lots of other alternatives. Yeah, that's right. our attitude towards it, exactly. Well, I don't have a baby update because I don't have babies anymore, but I've got a 10-year-old child update. Uh, as I'm sure <laughs> What's men- he done? As I'm sure many parents who listen to this, uh, today, just to date today, the 1st of March, is secondary school offer day. Ah. So it's the day where oh, you wow. get the results of what secondary school your child is going to. And I am super pleased because my lad is going to the best school in the area for him uh, and academically uh, that his sister goes to as well. So it makes our lives a lot easier. He doesn't have to go to a separate school, but it's also a humongous opportunity for him because it's a really good school as well. It's the type of school where the six formers have to go in in like a full suit, shirt and tie Ooh. type of thing. And they've got like super strict dress codes down to like the colour of plasters you wear if you come in with a plaster on. <laughs> That's over ridiculousness. <laughs> So I'm hoping it's going to be really good for him. But I rang him this morning after speaking to his mum and said, oh, mate, this is great news. How do you feel? And he's like, yes, all right, isn't it? I'm like, mate, this is such a good opportunity. And he's like, yeah, it just means I, I can just walk there instead of getting a bus. And he's like, he's thinking about it logistically, which is a proper Smart. bloke thing to mm-hmm. do. I was going to say, <laughs> I like yeah. like yeah. that. Rather than, oh yeah, all my friends are going to go there, or I'm going to lose like friends because they're not going to the same school. He's like, well, yeah, it's uh, it's actually uh, on on the way to my mum's work, and uh, <laughs> she can give me a lift on certain days. <laughs> I said, I, I'd have been thinking, oh, I can get, I can uh, stay in bed longer because I ain't got to leave as early. Fantastic. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. What did you expect from like a ten year old boy? That's all he cares about. He's like, yeah, it's closer. Great. I can yeah. get a lift, brilliant. That's it. Exactly. To so him, it about. means, right, I don't have to have a, a childminder anymore because I can just walk home from school. That means I can get home quicker. Oh, it means I can get on the Xbox quicker. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's most excited about. Priorities so, yeah. are in order. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah. sure there are loads of other parents out there at the moment who might be listening to this who've just felt that same kind of relief of pressure and just jubilation that, oh, thank God it's all over. And the the first choice was the one that came through. And I'm sure there are other parents out there who might be listening who didn't get that. And I, I, I'm sorry for that. I, I can only assume it must feel really horrible. But I feel really good. Because <laughs> so, something yeah. good happened to, for my Yeah, life. there you go. So, yeah. It's, uh, that's my news Go on, this Daniel. Week. Good lad. Child news. I know. Super proud of him. Yeah, good lad. Good lad. It is weird, isn't it? Like, I know when we were growing up, there were certain schools in the area that you just didn't want to go to because they had reputations for being god awful <laughs> or, you know, just full of the scary hard kids or whatever. You know, like every teacher was like a crack addict or some shit <laughs> like that. And you're like, oh my God, this school sounds horrific. This sounds like all the schools yet, that I went to. 
In and yet now where we live, what used to be the worst school is now Ofsted wise the highest rated school. Mm. And yeah. like when we, when Georgia was like one or two, because you, you do talk about schools and weird shit like that, like stupid stuff like where you move, like when you have a kid, where you decide to buy a new house, it suddenly matters what the, like it does matter what the schools are like. You do care about it. How close yeah. is it? That's why we love our house. Our house is two minutes walk away from Georgia school. It's yeah. li- I can literally see it from my window now. It's right there. <laughs> and those, and it's a good school. And, and the same with the high school she's going to go to. Well, that we think she's going to go to. It's like five minutes the other way. So it's like those things do matter. Yeah. But it is odd how schools can just like when we were, when she was, when Georgia was one or two, we were talking about schools and oh God, I hope she doesn't end up going here. That's bloody awful. Like what are we going to do? And then last year, the Ofsted reports come in like, oh my God, it's the best school in the area. Like, <laughs> no way. And it can change. You know, it doesn't. Oh yeah, definitely. It's not the worst thing in the world. And like you say, I mean, to put, if there's any parents listening whose kids haven't got to the school they want to or something like that, it's not the end of the world. Don't panic. Because there are some kids who went to the school that me and Sarah went to who turned out to be fucking geniuses. And there are some that turned out to be absolute shitters. So, you know, <laughs> it kind of depends on the kid and if you're going to, you know, help them and do homework with them and teach them things at home and stuff like that. So don't panic too much. But shout out to the boy, Dan. Good lad. Good lad. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think back to, you know, the prime, the secondary school I went to. If I hadn't gone to that particular secondary school, I, I wouldn't be here now where I am so in true. my life mm. and, and geographically as well. I'd still be possibly in my hometown or have moved to a different part of the UK. I, I wouldn't know either of you. I, right. I wouldn't have gone to the university I went to. I wouldn't have the friends that I do now. And that is all down to me just going to a particular secondary school. So it it's a big thing for him. And I'm hoping it's the start of a good life for him we'll see obviously because he might just not get on with that school he might want to go somewhere else cross that bridge when we come to it mm. but by cross that bridge i mean say tough shit you're at this good school now you, <laughs> there, you gotta gut bloody it out man up yeah. <laughs> bloody hard to get in this school do you know lucky you are your suit laid out and everything <laughs> <laughs> i've got your pre-approved plasters and everything you go in there now you <laughs> know I've got to mention this, apropos of absolutely nothing, but this is something that happened to me this weekend that I made a note of. I know I've mentioned before that just before Georgia will go to bed, she will have to ask me one of those questions just to prolong Mm -hmm. not going to bed. Absolute brilliant question on Saturday night. So we got her a little Alexa dot for Christmas to put in her room so she can listen to music and stuff while she's working and that kind of thing. So it was a bit earlier when she went to bed, she could have my Alexa on for half an hour. I was like, yeah, sure. So we put Alexa on. I came back in after half an hour just to check she was okay. And so she, go, she goes, I said, right. I said, okay, night, night, princess. That's it. Give me a cuddle. Give me a kiss. Okay, night, night. See you in the morning. Just as I get out the door, she goes, daddy. I was like, yeah. Can I, can I just ask you one quick question? Yeah, she, yeah, go on, go on. She goes, uh, what's the best song that's ever been made? I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> the best song ever made. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, George. It's bedtime. It is bedtime. She goes, do you think it's probably by the Beatles, isn't it? Everyone likes the Beatles. I'm like, all right, George, it's bedtime. Okay, it's bedtime. <laughs> but then but then she suckered me in. Then she suckered me in. In your opinion, Daddy, what is the best song ever made? I was like, all right, do it. We'll find that. And she got five more minutes out of me. So I kind of have to <laughs> applaud it, but what's the greatest song ever? Jesus Christ. Right you should have just bed. said to question. her, John Cage's four minutes, 33 seconds. Here, I'll put it on for you and I'll leave. <laughs> because four minutes and thirty three seconds is completely silent. <laughs> silent, yeah. Just just Christ listen to this. Way. It's the greatest piece. Just close your eyes <laughs> and just go off. I'll put it on repeat for you so you can just listen to it over and over again. The correct answer is of course uh, more than uh, more than a feeling by Boston, obviously. <laughs> See, I couldn't even I have to it depends what kind of mood I'm in. To you know, like what would be what would what do I think is the best song ever made? I, it just totally depends on my mood. I don't have yeah. one go to that I always listen to, but there's about there's about twenty five songs on my iPod that seem to have way more playtime than mm. any other. That sometimes I'll just shuffle through and go. Actually, I want I want to listen to that right now. So there's yeah. lo- there's loads on there that that kind of have that, but you can't pick the greatest song ever, can you? I mean, it probably is a Beatles song because they're so bloody influential, but. Like I mentioned horrible. the other week, I mean, I'm, I'm technically... I'm going to make for myself, but no. The Beatles are just terrible. 
<laughs> I know, I know, I'm a contrarian, <laughs> but I, I just don't. See no, there's no the appeal. There's contrarian, and then there's that. <laughs> I, I honestly don't see the appeal of the Beatles. I don't like any of their music, and I've had this discussion with my friend. Me and my friend are doing this challenge where we listen to one album a day out of the one thousand and one albums to listen to before you die. And um, we get message like a different album every day, and we we share what we've been listening to, and we talk about it. And I had the Beatles for like four or five albums in a row, and I was <laughs> tearing my hair out. And he would attest to this that every time I got one, I said, "I can't fucking stand these guys. It's just the same shit over and over again. Just jingy, 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 jingy. I got a girl, jingy, 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 jingy. And you might hear a drum in the background." And it's uh, no <laughs> Ringo's woken up. <laughs> I, I, I think it's I think because yeah they're influential, but everything that they've influenced is far superior than them because they've laid like a shitty foundation, and people have gone, oh yeah, I, I can see some good bits of that. Let's take those good bits and add more good bits on, and we'll leave all the shit behind <laughs> that you did. Beatles, or you talk about submarines and gardens and stuff like that, and, and we'll make good music. I, that's genuinely how I've always felt about the Beatles. I just don't see the appeal of them at all. Can't listen to them. And I'll go now. <laughs> it's like deafening <laughs> silence. So I'm going to go. No, no. I'll be quiet. <laughs> you're well, you're welcome you know to what? think that's... that, Adam. Yeah, that's and that, you know what that's that is one of the great things about music is that you can play the same piece of music for two people. One person will love it, one person will hate it. Exactly. That's that is one of the great things about it, and then it can lead to you know really interesting conversations or you know things like that. But I get what you're saying about like the like when they when they first form and they're like in that kind of boy band like pop boy band phase. I get it, but once you get to like Sergeant Pepper's and stuff like that, dude, it's like it's so good. It's, it's so not, good. It's not though. It's just like. <laughs> Oh, now we're doing all this jingy jangly shit, but we're gonna put like some satire in it and or sitars in it, and we're gonna talk about bollocks because we're actually ripped off our tits on drugs. Uh, and exactly, talk about that's all good. the mushrooms that's that we're not why it's good. That makes it worse because at least like the other songs made sense. Uh, I'm I'm in the USSR. I'm back here again. I'm gonna meet someone. I'm on a tour, and ah, oh, that's good. I'm gonna meet this girl again. Or I really love you. This is how much I love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really do love you. You got cracking parasites. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And all that stuff <laughs> is far better than their later stuff, which is all um with with smoking crack and we think we can write music. Here's some symbols for half an hour. No wonder bloody Yoko Ono got involved. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I want to see now. I feel like I want to throw some classic bands at you just to get your like vitriolic hatred out of the way for those <laughs> bands. But it depends. Like, like, what about Led Zeppelin? I mean, they've done one or two okay things. You know, it's <laughs> it's just generic rock. It's just like generic. Here we are. I'm strumming my guitar like rock and roll. Oh my god! Have you been possessed by the ghost of Sven? Because these are Sven takes you're given to us right now. Absolutely Sven takes. Yeah, you're right. This is genuinely. I don't don't see the appeal of like the older stuff like that. It's just I don't know if it's because I grew up like without a dad, so I didn't have anyone playing like dad rock. My mum was. No, but my mum, who was my sole influence, she was she was the leading in a punk band, and then a new wave band. So that's the type of music I grew up with, and like a wide range of music as well. So, and I'm not just listening to fucking dad rock on repeat. <laughs> yeah, I, dude, I told you, me neither. Like, <laughs> but dude, I can't. Oh my god, <laughs> don't see the appeal. Don't uh, see it uh, at all. Coming from my side of it, the Beatles are fine, but a lot of their, I prefer a lot of their generational uh, contemporaries, like um, the um, oh god, the Who, the, who? the Rolling Stones, yeah, the, the Kinks, the Monkey, yeah, we, mm, yeah, I, I'd go as far as say the Monkeys as well. Beatles are fine, but I think there was better going on back then. I mean, all right, who did you prefer? Take that or E E seventeen? Take, take that, that all easily. day. Exactly. That's why you like the Beatles. You don't like the better alternative. I literally just said E-17. I did. 
All right, listen. All right, your Beatles take is wacky, but I respect it. But I will fucking fight you for saying that take that are worse than E17. Take that ever had a good Christmas talking? number one. E17 did. That makes them better. That's the only good song E17 ever had. Ever. Yeah. Take that had so many good songs. And it, and it was so, so many good songs. That one good song that they did, one of their good songs was so much better than all of Take That songs. That's why Take That never had a Christmas number one. Dude, they don't need That's a Christmas science. number one. <laughs> oh my God, you're insane. <laughs> okay. I know we were talking, I said, you know, it only took us like 10 episodes to get to OnlyFans. It's only taken us 12 episodes to have a genuine falling down. Like, <laughs> like, genuinely, I'm fucking livid. Take that. <laughs> fucking hell. Oh my God. All right. <laughs> so all right. Spice, is Spice so Girls or All Saints? Yeah. All Saints, way better. Exactly. All Saints, they're better. And the Spice Girls, take that, the Beatles, all they are is generic pop of their time. Marketed to sell as much as possible. Maybe and it's maybe it's my it... age, but you guys are fucking high if you think All Saints are better than the Spice Girls. Come on now. Fuck off. Are you of mad? Of course they are. Absolutely Benny, not. They're so much better. They're so much better. I mean, than if Spice we're going Girls. by Adam's metric of Christmas number ones, the Spice Girls have it wrapped up. That's a fair point. He's yeah, got you yeah, there. Yeah, but I'm not. Point. So I'm out, so I'm still right. <laughs> See, I'm out, I'm not in how that many, metric. How many Christmas number ones did the Beatles have? None. <laughs> Do you know that for a fact? I like how that's the metric. <laughs> <laughs> I'm past the Beatles now. I will like no, Benny. What the fuck? <laughs> All Saints are so much better than the Spice Girls. Completely disagree. Again, it might be, it might just be my age. I mean, Spice Girls were big in '97. I was ten, just discovering what. A female was, and then Emma Bunton came into my <laughs> life, and she's still as good looking now as she was back then. Dude, Pure Shores by All Saints is an absolute Ugh, banger. That's yeah. such a good song. Such I mean, a good to song. To be fair, All Saints, one of their only other good songs was a uh, a version of someone else's song. <laughs> yeah, the Are you gonna go under the bridge? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Just like take that and fifty percent of their music. <laughs> was basically rip-offs <laughs> of the Bee Gees. <laughs> All the gun is like, right, let's be the Bee Gees, but we'll have two extra people and, and no beards between us. There <laughs> we go. Let's, we'll be the Bee Gees, but with really hot abs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Like To me, like Back for Good is, oh my God, what a song. I, I, just, I mean, just... I'm not God, saying so I good. don't enjoy any of these fans' work. There are one or two songs that I do. I just don't get the hype. Like, the absolute pandemonium-like fandom people have with with these groups. I worry that I don't have that level of passion about anything in my life. But certainly, (laughs) I I don't feel I could ever get that passionate about uh, a musician or a band or a group or anything like that. To go to a concert and just be screaming... Like pulling your hair out, like oh my god, I can't contain myself. I just, I don't see that. Yeah, but hang on, hang on, right? Yeah, but okay. Don't get me wrong, though. If I was a, say, I take Georgia to a concert when she's fifteen, there's like, a, there's like a hot new boy band or something, and Georgia goes and she's what? screaming. And there's Georgia loads of goes to see BTS. Screaming, what's the boy band's name? What's, what's the name? Of the yeah, boy we'll go band? B. Let's go BTS. Georgia, you to invent a new boy band name. <laughs> BTS will be gone by the time she's fifteen. All right, I need to think now of a really shitty kind of X Factor boy band name that they would call someone. Absolutely. UK One. How about that? UK One. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Nice. <laughs> UK One. There you go. That sounds shit. So Georgia goes. Georgia's like, Daddy, can I go into UK One? I'm like, yeah, okay, fine, fine. I take it to UK One. Loads of girls there, all screaming. That's fine. By what you're saying, Adam, if I saw a 12 year old lad there pulling his hair and screaming, I'd be a bit concerned. I'd be like, hang on a minute, mate. What you, what's going why? on here? Why, why are you why? doing the high pitched screaming? Why would you? Why would you be concerned if there was a lad there doing the exact same thing? Are you saying boys can't fancy boys? <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> I preferred Adam when he was on the do... death's door back last week. <laughs> yeah. We well, see what you're trying to what you're trying to do there is you're trying to you're trying to deflect from your horrendous music takes by hurling homophobic <laughs> slurs at me. No, I'm saying just, that, no, <laughs> saying it's that I'm a homophobe. Though, at that age, why wouldn't a boy be there like being absolutely mental over their favorite music act? What why, do you know why what it is? are because my, in, to me 
middle-aged men about 20 years ago going to Pink Floyd concerts and being exactly the same, going, release the giant inflatable pig! Oh my god! They're singing about walls! Yeah! (laughs) All of that. That's that you happens. see, right, no, no, right. When you're saying about like his, right, I was going to bring this up actually. This is a case in point. So, if anyone's ever seen the Beatles at Shea Stadium, it's fucking nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Yeah. And the Beatles have said that when they were playing at Shea Stadium, they couldn't hear themselves play. They just were playing on memory because the girls in the crowd were fucking insane and screaming. What I'm saying is, I've got no issue if a boy goes to see UK One and has a fucking great time, <laughs> jump up and down. Enjoying himself. But I don't think lads react like that to music. Girls will scream and pull their hair. I think the lad would just be like, yeah, let's go. This is awesome. Cool. Yeah. Like, you know, he'd like, he'd jump up and down or shout. But I can't imagine a lad ever like pulling the hair and screaming and fainting and all that kind of thing. To me, that's more like, like what the young girls do. Whereas I think a lad would go. And if you like, maybe he enjoys it. I don't know. Maybe he fancies all the members of UK one. I don't know. But I think his reaction would be different. I think he'd be more like that kind of, not reserved, but, Teenage girls at those concerts just seem to let their inhibitions completely disappear and they go completely wild. Whereas I think a lad would be more like a little bit more reserved and maybe just kind of jump around and enjoy it more. Does that make sense? Don't know. Have you ever seen a lad like at a family party sliding on his knees across <laughs> the dance floor? Like comes up. Comes yeah, but that's what he, that's afterwards. what I'm saying though. His face is really flush red and all his hair's like wet because of the sweat. He's like, ah, ah, Mom, can I have a squash? Ah, ah, ah. That that's the level the boys can get to. So he's saying, no, like, if that's what I'm saying. Like, no, I agree. A knee sliding mosh pit at the front of the UK one gig solely for boys what, to be doing that, right? So here's what's going to happen for the, if the boys are at the UK one gig. The girls are all screaming and pulling their hair. The lads who go to the gig are making a runway so they can run as fast yeah. as they can and slide on their knees. That's what the lads are doing. It's a knee sliding wall of death. <laughs> yeah, it's a knee slidey wall of death. I think the lads would enjoy it differently. They'd still enjoy it, and like you say, they yeah. probably still fancy the members there. Good for them. But yeah, I don't think they do that like screaming, pulling the hair thing. I don't think they do that. I think they enjoy it in a different way. Maybe. Well, we'll have to see. When, the- when we form UK1 and we get up <laughs> on the stage, we'll keep, we'll keep an eye out. Form it. You've already willed them into existence just through this conversation. <laughs> Simon Cowell is listening. He's I'm always not- listening. Can yeah, hear the apps getting listened from here. Oh god, dude! Seriously, I could do an hour of just Adam throwing like Jupiter this <laughs> band or this band, and then us arguing about it. I was so much fun. I enjoyed that so much. Mate, I've been doing it for like the past six months with my friend about this band thing. And like, genuinely, there's only been like five albums where I've gone, "This is a fucking great album," and two of those were this like the past few days. Had NWA straight out of Compton. Yes. And the, the, yes. Let me just check. It was the specials, but what was the name of the album? Oh my was, god, the specials! Most, like, famous album. Oh yeah, it's just the specials. <laughs> that was the name of the album. There you go. And the group. Had you heard straight out Adam? Had you heard straight out of Compton before or not? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm a big NWA yeah, yeah. fan. I was like nice. brought, well, not brought up on Easy, but like when I was like from about. 12, 13, I was like well into gangster rap and Easy E and what have you. There's lots of illicit bootleg tapes being like shared around my class by all like the, the wiggers <laughs> like myself. <laughs> just going, oh man, let, let's listen to like the latest album by Easy E. Oh man, he's talking about like how he gave someone like AIDS. <laughs> he actually had AIDS and he died. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> Isn't that insane that? That music found its way to us in like I mean I guess you is like a few years old Benny over there on the on the east coast but to like two white lads in Cheshire like, <laughs> why did why did that music cross over so well yeah. I know it's like the time and the place and that kind of you know you shouldn't really be listening to this like the parental the parental advisory sticker and all that kind of thing I remember the first time I heard the first gangster rap song I heard was Straight Outta Compton the single <laughs> and I was absolutely enthralled and scared to death at the same time. Because I was like, yeah. what are they talking about? What is this? And I just had to hear more and more and more of it. Exactly. And that's how it's I got into that, rap and hip-hop and stuff. It's just that, that anger and that passion and and that honesty about their, their lives. I mean, honesty in inverted commas, because obviously there's always room for a bit of exaggeration. But like just people saying, like, our life's shit. We live in the ghetto. <laughs> like, the cops are always trying to kill us. And we you've got to kill other people to get ahead in life. And it's just crazy because it is such a different world. 
and to have that brought to you with such passion and vitriol, it's like, wow, this is amazing. Like, Daisy has heard some rap, like, obviously very carefully selected to be uh, the non-explicit version, and she's just like, yeah, I like this tune. I <laughs> just don't care what people are saying. But when you were, like, when we were kids and we were listening to it, and it's just like, fuck the police. It's like, no, the police are our friends. <laughs> that's like, like a, a white boy in, in, in Northwest Britain is just like, well, yeah, of course they're our friends. Like, if we get lost, we find a policeman. Don't fuck them. That's terrible. But I must hear more. I've, <laughs> yeah, I've tried to, I'm trying to, like I said before, I've tried to get George into all kinds of music. So she does, she does like a tribe called Quest. She's like, yeah, they're, okay, yeah, this I can. And she loves the um, scenario by a tribe called Quest. That's her favorite rap song for sure at the moment. And she'll ask for it's like, can we put on scenario? I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and I think, I think the, like, there was one line in it which was, um, it's like something, 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 how now brown cow. And it made her chuckle. So she was like, okay, yeah, I like that. I like what's been said there. So we'll go with this for a little bit. And then I said, well, you know, if you like it, well, I can play some more, you know, play some more Tribe Called Quest. And she's like, yeah, actually, these are really good. They sound different. Yeah. I was like, yeah, there you go. I do. Because Adam's brought up his massive contrarian take of thinking <laughs> that the Beatles were, and I quote, absolute whack. <laughs> I will have to throw out mine just to annoy the masses. And this is why I can't go against Adam too much because I would believe that most people who may be listening to this. Actually, yeah, pun most people on the planet. Their film version of the Beatles is Star Wars. And I've asked Adam about this before. I just don't get it. It's okay. But I don't get the big deal with Star Wars. It's a, I get it at the time. It was probably groundbreaking. But it's just good versus evil in space. That's it. Yeah. To me, I don't get it. I don't get the the whole absolute crazed queuing outside the cinema you know for four days to watch the new film i've not even seen the new films i'm you know i'm I'm really not bothered i'm sure they're great i'm not going to watch the mandalorian don't care i'm sure it's fantastic but yeah that's that's my version of the beatles for you it's star wars it's this massive thing and it and i you know what's weird as well is that i am in the absolute wheelhouse that should be Mm -hmm. in my absolute prime Oh my god! I grew up with it. I saw it. I remember watching it on TV loads of times. Had the VHS, all that kind of things. Watched them and was like, "Yeah, that was alright." Well, I'm not gonna yeah. watch it again though. And, <laughs> and that was it. I've watched each film once or twice, I think, and I can barely remember it. But yeah, that's that's mine. I am a huge Star Wars fan, but I can't have a go at you for saying that because it is, for want of a better phrase, it's an acquired taste. Mm. Like there are good things in it that I see, and there are also bad things in it. That I see, especially as someone who's like got a film degree and and knows like more of that kind of behind the scenes, like the structure and why things are put together in certain ways. You just go, oh, that's a bit shit, actually. <laughs> especially the late films, and um, by later films, I mean all but the original three. <laughs> they're, they're the only good ones, and the rest are pretty shit. So yeah, I I can't have a go at you for that because it is just. This thing where it you do like it, and if you like it, you really like it. And if you don't like it, or if you don't get on with it, that's fine. Because it's a pretty nerdy thing anyway to like. But that's because but I, I am a big nerd though. I like we've discussed this. Like yeah. we're all we're all very we're all very nerdy. And I don't and I've I've even put I even put on Facebook once before. Could somebody maybe talk to me and explain to me why it's so good? Because I, I kept thinking, like, I'm missing on there's something I'm missing here. Like, this, I felt like I was missing out because whenever something new came out, everyone was like, oh my God. You know, and every time, like, a Mandalorian episode comes on, oh my God, did you see what happened at, like, 73rd minute? It's amazing. Yeah. I was like, oh God, I'm, I'm missing, like, I'm missing out. I didn't want to feel like I was missing out. So I even put on Facebook, like, no jokes, like, this isn't a troll. Can the people who love Star Wars can explain why? Like why you love it, and yeah, and and the reasons they put were things. I just kind of went, oh, okay. There was nothing that kind of you know kind of yeah. got me that, and I thought, well, I, I, I mean, must get into it. But yeah, the Mandalorian. The biggest appeal is that it, it is well written and it's well filmed. The effects and everything are yeah. really good. But the main appeal of it is that it ties in a lot of the good parts of the other Star Wars films and references it, and you go. Ah, I remember that from Empire Strikes Back, and now I can see it, and it's developed slightly more. And it's not tied into like this main like Luke Skywalker and his family story. 
it's it's a side thing that is just running alongside in the same universe. So it it gets to cover bits of it that make you think, ah, oh, that's good. That's exploring this universe more and explaining it more and referencing stuff that we liked from other films. And that's the appeal of it. Although there is one particular episode of this latest series which is amazing, basically because it's been filmed and and the structure of it is very much like an old Japanese samurai film, down to like the the layout of the the village and the buildings and the the armor the guards are wearing and the fights that take place in it, and that converted into a like a science fiction set. And to me, that was brilliant. Oh, I love that because that's like two really good worlds that I like combined, and that is pretty much the appeal of the first Star Wars as well because it is based on old Akira Kurosawa films. It's just that conversion yeah, to see it in a, like, from a Western viewpoint. The biggest appeal of The Mandalorian to me is that it's short. I um, well love 20-minute episodes. Anyway, WandaVision. WandaVision is so good. I mean, I'm, I'm not a huge Marvel fan by any means. I think a lot of the superheroes are just silly, but the, the way in which that's done it is just brilliant. It's so good. Actually, do you know what? That's Yeah, that's another thing of mine. Yeah, like, I, you know, I... I the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, the Avengers and all that kind of thing, I, they were okay, but I didn't go crazy for it. But I have to give them credit for being able to pull it all together. To say, like, oh, you know, in 10 years we're going to have Captain America, Hulk, Thor, Captain Marvel, Thanos, and we're, we're going to have them all have their own films, like two or three of their own films, and then we're going to have a big blow for the big two. And I'd be like, no, there's no way you can do that. It's impossible. Yeah. Like, that's, and, and they absolutely did it. And they deserve full credit for being able to yeah. do that and put it together. And the thing is, it's the same guy who was in charge of that. Kevin Feige, I think his name was. Yeah, he's in charge Feige, of yeah. all of the Star Wars stuff. So he's like yeah, in charge yeah. of the uh, the Mandalorian and the new like Obi-Wan Kenobi film. So again, it's tying all of that universe together in a very clever way. But yeah, the the Marvel Universe, a lot of those films can just do one. A lot of those superheroes can do one. I don't give a toss about fucking Robin Hood guy with his bow and arrow <laughs> when there's like a guy who can turn into a, the Jolly Green Giant and break buildings. <laughs> and chuck sweet punch. corn everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's like one guy who's like, oh shoot, I'm out of my arrows. He only had ten. I didn't realise I'm going to be in a fight, guys. <laughs> you know? <laughs> He's got to go get his arrows back. Yeah. Hang on a minute, I need to go pick up my arrows. Oh, the, oh, they're a bit blunt. Oh. Yeah. oh no, I'm down to nine. I'm down to Shit. my boxing glove arrow. He holds his hand up in the air, crosses his fingers, say, no, I'm Xyz. Don't yeah. shoot me. Yeah. Time out. I'm on barley. I'm on barley. Turn around, touch your ground, Bags are not doing this anymore. I'm off. <laughs> right, Benny, me and Adam have put ourselves out there. If you've got a big contrarian take you want to share with people? I don't know if it's a, big, I don't know it's a massive big contrarian one, but... A lot of um, celebrated British com- well, two major celebrated British comedies that everyone seems to love that I can't absolutely stand. Oh God, be careful now! Be careful. <laughs> the Office. Oh yes, yes. Oh my God, I'm really not a big fan of that show. I really don't like Ricky Gervais outside of his him doing stand up. But I think he's a terrible actor. I think he's a terrible writer. Yeah, you know, he's funny when he's taking the piss out of. Uh, out of Christians and being all atheist and whatnot, but uh, <laughs> as a uh, as an actor and writer and um, a TV character, he can fucking do one. The other one, and I'm probably wrong for thinking this, but it's uh, in my head, and I'm not. I'm being stubborn and not moving it. Is the Inbetweeners? Ooh, no way! That is contrarian. Just because I, contrarian. I think the reason is, um, like I watched a couple of episodes. Blossom really loves the Inbetweeners, and all credit to her. Um, I think it's because I don't relate to it. That's not what happened to me in school. Like I wasn't trying to kiss Emily Attack. It wasn't um, <laughs> wasn't my sort of thing. I I really like. I mean, I wasn't really worried about getting a girlfriend or meeting a girl until I went to university. So doing that in high school, I just don't think that like that really wasn't a thing for me. If you know what I mean, I I just don't think I can relate to it. And the movies are shit, because I, I have sat through the movies, and they are both terrible. Uh, the, yeah, the movies are just a bit of a So that, which, that might like um, be affecting my opinion of it, but yeah, those but two. You must, have known, you must have known people like that, though, at school. Not- that was the thing for me. I guess we'll, we will at some point discuss my schooling, or lack thereof, ever. <laughs> Bearing in mind, I'd rather my daughter didn't hear this, because I'm actually trying to get to go to school, but she does like it, so it should be okay. But 
that was a thing. That wasn't my experience either, but I knew people like that. And I, I, I can fully relate to that group, that mindset of being, well, I'm a bit too cool to hang out with the complete nerds, but I'm not really cool enough to hang out with the cool kids. I am stuck in this in-between kind of world. Yeah. At school, I, you know, I couldn't fit in anywhere, really. And that yeah, was what, what it was for me. To me, I, I would agree with both of those, Benny, because, again, they're extremely hyped for what they are, where they've got a few funny moments, but most of it just relies on the cringe factor. And yes, that's exactly that. it. Cannot stand cringe comedy. Cause no, I'm right cringe with you. And that makes me uncomfortable. Why would I want to go, mm-hmm. oh my god, that's horrible. Why would anyone want to be in that situation? I would rather watch something like Mitchell and Webb look, where they're talking about like Nazis going around talking about, are we the baddies? Because <laughs> we've got skulls on our hats. That's, that's hilarious. Compared to like, like that cringe factor. It's same with like Peep Show. I I could never get into Peep Show again because Oh my god. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. I love Peep Show. But I will agree though. Yeah, The Office, I don't get the hype for that at all. Okay. At all. I don't think the Inbetweeners was that cringy. I just thought it was funny. Whereas The Office, I would sit there being like, oh my God, I, this is no. I watched like two or three. I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. It's just, it makes me uncomfortable to watch it. It's like, um, like reality TV and stuff like that. It's why I can't watch it. Like, why, why do I want to watch people just die on their ass on TV? It's just, why am I watching people embarrass yeah. themselves? I don't also, find that entertaining. Why, why would you way. want to watch people do an, a, a moderately adequate like singing or dancing experience? Why would you want to watch <laughs> that? If you really wanted to watch someone like sing a particular song really well, just go on YouTube and just watch some music videos. You don't have to like watch an amateur do it passively. What are you, I, what are you singing for us feel- today? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm singing this song by, uh, by Christina Aguilera. Okay, I'd rather just watch Christina Aguilera sing this song because she yeah. can sing it really well. Yeah. So why am I watching you sing it? Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> uh, hello, hello, lads. What's your name? Uh, hi, we're UK One. Um, oh, no. <laughs> we're here to uh, sing our, our, our hit song, Grease My Abs. Can I ask, though, uh, Simon Cowell, can you just move back? Because my uh, 10-year-old nephew, Brian, he needs a bit of a run-up. So he can do a proper knee slide onto the <laughs> stage. Is that right? <laughs> you know the way, you know the way Happy Mondays had bears and like scar yeah. bands will have like dancers who don't, they just dance. That's all they do. We'll have like a knee slider. <laughs> like he's our knee slide guy. <laughs> and that's all he does. <laughs> On that note, oh God. one thing I found out <laughs> this week, uh, Jason Statham was a background dancer in a, a shaman video. <laughs> yes, he was. Yeah, I knew that. I knew that. I didn't know that until I came across it on Reddit, the video. And he's basically completely nude, looking like Duncan Goodyear with like no hair anywhere. Very old up, very fit, muscles everywhere. Tiny little like gold budgie smuggler. Just like proper giving it some. I never knew he had such humble beginnings as being the background yeah, yeah. dancer for the fucking the shaman of all people. Fucking shout out to the shaman. Ebenezer Good. Oh. Man, that was a jam back in the day. Exactly. That was a jam. And again, not realising what that was about. I'm walking around at 11 years old being like, he's a good, he's a good. <laughs> <laughs> like, walking around the school playground in your eclipse jacket. Like, the, the smiley acid house face with like a blunt coming out of his yeah. mouth. <laughs> Acid house face. I just liked it because I thought it was a cool face. I didn't realize what it meant. I just, I just got it because everyone else has got one, miss. Well, yeah. mine doesn't have a, a drug on it. Can I keep my coat, please? Oh, God. Yeah, but miss, he's a good. Did you not hear? Yeah. It can't be bad. <laughs> Did you know Jason Statham was like a diver for Great Britain? Like a highball yes. diver? Yeah, which That's explains why well. he's like completely hairless, like Duncan Goodyear. <laughs> so he so can just yeah. slip into the water. It's probably why he's so oiled up, though. So he just like shoots back out and he can do like a barrel roll and then go back in. <laughs> like I was still thinking. Do you know what, as well? Jason Statham probably gets a lot of shit. A fucking shout out to Jason Statham. Like, the guy knows his lane, he sticks in it, he does it well. I love a Jason Statham action mm-hmm. flick. I, watched, I made Sarah watch The Meg last week. It's great. You know what you're getting on the tin? Great popcorn action flick. Jason Statham takes his top off. What more do you need? <laughs> Everyone's great. happy. I mean, you just look at his like his early origins with Lockstock, and it's just it's it's been on that level 
ever since, and it's great. Yeah, you know, yeah. He, he's like the like modern day Arnie or Stallone appearing in all, all Bruce Willis appearing in all of those types of action flicks over and over again. You're right. Yeah, you don't need you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You don't need to be fucking Juilliard trained or something. I'm sure Jason Statham's not like, oh my god, when is my next performance of Othello? Is it <laughs> at, the, at the Hammersmith Apollo, the Odeon? Oh my god, I hope Sir John Gielgud will be there to review it. No, well, no. What we're doing today? Fighting a big shark. Cool. Like <laughs> everyone who is like a celebrated person within their genre sticks to that like one genre. Yeah, with a few exceptions. But Patrick Stewart, for example, Shakespearean actor, up until the point he was in Star Trek, and then he still does like Shakespearean stuff in Star Trek, and then goes back to like yeah. all the Shakespearean stuff. One or two little differences appearing in like a comedy show or something like that, and and that's it. And that's exactly the same with Jason Statham. He's the Patrick Stewart of <laughs> getting electricity through his heart <laughs> and getting power <laughs> shooting people in the face. I gotta say, I gotta say, we had some nice reviews this week, some uh, reviews on iTunes or wherever the hell it came from, I can't remember, but some people said some nice things. God bless you, because we went from fucking Mel's belly to Jason <laughs> Statham, and I can't remember how in the fuck we got there. I cannot remember how we got from Blossom's belly and us hearing the baby's heartbeat to Jason Statham sticking in his lane and knowing his role. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, Anything dear. can happen on Free Men and Their Babies. Exactly. Anything well, can happen on Free Men and Their Babies. One of these days we'll talk about parenting stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, we, we got, got a good, like, show. eight yeah. minutes of uh, parenting talk. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and we put it right at the beginning like of this week last... rather than half an hour in. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. If, if you stuck with us all this time around <laughs> this podcast, waiting for more parenting advice, then uh, I apologise. We, we are getting to some more stuff. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like yeah. um, the people we'll are going to think we're we'll treading water until the baby pops out in like eight weeks. Well, when the baby <laughs> pops out, you're not going to be able to record any podcasts. Oh, I will. You just have to do it. It was only an hour. <laughs> I, think, I think it's the best. There you go. There you go. Natural progression into parenting. I'm not sure. I believe that if you don't go crazy making noise, but the theory now is, is that when your baby goes down to sleep, just make the regular noises you would make so they get used to those noises. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is, if you creep around the house for six months when the baby goes to sleep, they're never going to learn how to go to sleep for like three or four years because you're just creeping around the house and that's not natural. So within about, within Georgia being like four or five months old, we would just start, we just hoovering up and have the TV on and everything. We didn't care. Yeah. It's like, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. And now she's like, sleeps like an absolute log. So <laughs> I guess it's something. <laughs> on to all it. fours of her ass and yes. I, I would yeah, also... facing the pillow. Yeah, facing the uh, in the mattress. I would also recommend though, Benny, get yourself some like blackout blind or like blackout curtains. Oh yes, yes, you must get blackout blinds. Yes, yes, good point. But don't forget, we're going all the way the back to the room. beginning of the podcast. I can't sleep unless in perfect darkness, so we'll be fine with that. Ah, oh, excellent. You can't put and sleep that, my friends, on babies though. That, my That's friends, right. is how you circle a show. <laughs> Brilliant work, everybody. Brilliant work. Profesh. Which leads us into baby names or advice. Okay. Hit the theme. You've got two choices. Which will you take? The baby name or the fake advice. It's your choice. Baby names, please. Mr. Songman. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I enjoyed that. That was good. Now, this is a story from 2015. And I couldn't find an update for it. So I don't know if it actually went ahead or not. But we'll assume that it did. This is a Welsh couple, Hugh and Hazel. They had a young lad and officially christened him the quite unusual name of Diesel at birth. <laughs> unusual. <laughs> Diesel. <laughs> this, at the time, Big daddy cool. Big, big baby cool. Yep. He was one of only five <laughs> people in the UK registered under the name Diesel. Now, that wasn't what they wanted his name to stay as. They had actually called him by uh, an unofficial name ever since they recognised that the baby started kicking. That name is Popcorn. Ah. Hugh, the dad, said Popcorn is the obvious choice for a nickname. Because during the pregnancy, he was a bit of a fighter, and he would kick in the womb. And those kicks were like the popping that happens when you put corn in a pan and you do it over the hob. And ever since we started calling it him Popcorn, that name has stuck. 
So in 2015, the kid was three years old when this was reported. Due to start nursery, he would only answer to the name Popcorn and refused to be called Diesel. Anytime anyone called him Diesel, he ignored it. And he would even like say to people, that's not my name. So the parents at the time planned to go and call him Popcorn legally by changing his name by Deepole. Now, I couldn't find an update to see if they could actually do it. But at the time, he would be the only person in the UK <laughs> officially called Popcorn Williams Roberts. Like, there's not other people called Popcorn in the UK. So I don't know if it went ahead, but that's what they wanted to do. And that's what they were going to try. So that when he got to nursery, he would be able to be answering <laughs> to the register properly in school. So, lads, I... which name would you prefer your child to be known as? Oh, Diesel, easily. Yeah, I'd go Diesel, but, I, and again, like, I genuinely don't hate either of those names. Again, they're not great, but compared to some of the others, I, I think Popcorn's, like, a really cool, I don't know, I kind, of, I, I kind of, I think they're both fine. I do hope that as they legally wanted to call them Diesel, he has a brother called Unleaded, or something <laughs> like that, or... You know, he, like an older brother called Four Star <laughs> or something like that. I don't, he did have two know, but... older sisters who were like in, in their early teens at the time, also called this kid Popcorn, as everyone else in the family did, apart from like one or two grandparents who just refused. But yeah, I, I don't know their names, so I can only assume they were just standard names like Sharon <laughs> or Bethany. I don't know. But no, no nothing as kind of petrol station related as uh, poor little Diesel. Esso. 1am sausage roll. 1am sausage roll. Pork scratchings. 1am sausage roll. Overpriced. £20 on Pepsi. number 7, please, mate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, okay, advice. The advice. Now, this comes from a noted, um, maybe not noted for the good reasons, child behaviorist called John Watson. He wrote in 1928 a manual called Psychological Care of the Infant and Child. And in there, he uh, proposed that holding your baby would spoil it. Therefore, showing a child any affection at all would be also disastrous. Mothers should be sensible above all else in how they interact with their babies. And to quote his manual, his rules of advice for newborn or ba- mothers with newborn babies is never hug or kiss them or let them sit on your lap. Shake hands with them in the morning. Give them a pat on the head if they've made an extraordinary good job of a difficult task. And if you must, kiss them once on the forehead when they say goodnight, but only once. <laughs> So basically, treat you, your child like a slightly aggressive dog. Don't be too affectionate with them. Shake paws if you know when you give them a treat. Give them a pat on the head if you know they've pooed or weed in the right place. So that's that's in the nineteen late nineteen twenties. So if anyone has any grandparents or great grandparents who had like major emotional or behavioural issues, perhaps their parents followed this advice. <laughs> Unless okay. A, unless just, a dick. Right. Just quickly. <laughs> just quickly. Right. John Watson. I just Google. I just Googled him, and it's got. He was like a controversial kind of figure. What he did was he wanted to test if basically you could simulate responses from children, and if you could condition them to feel responses they wouldn't normally feel. Okay. So he's got this controversial experiment called the Little Albert experiment, and Albert was a child who was nine months old. What they did was. They would let him play. They put a rat near him. And the rat was just, you know, would just sniff around and do whatever. Anytime Albert went to touch the rat, <laughs> the doctors would smash a giant iron bar behind Albert, making a huge noise and scaring him. Oh and it conditioned Albert to the point where he became completely fearful of any furry objects. So it says here, he became distressed at the sight of anything furry, such as rabbits, oh dogs, coat, even a Santa Claus mask with white cotton balls in the beard. <laughs> Fucking hell. That's horrendous. It's Poor insane. little Albert. I know. That's a, and like I said to you a few weeks ago, when I ended up working with health visitors, like this is something they discussed from like year from like day one. 
the baby needs to learn behaviours and bonds and that kind of thing. So this would have absolutely had an effect on this kid, even at like a later age. Yeah. That's crazy. So yeah, no don't way. follow that advice, Benny, with your <laughs> No. To, yeah. Like, at least, at least give him a pat on the back to go with a pat on the head. <laughs> How about yeah. a fist bump rather than a handshake? Exactly. Well, you've got, you know, <laughs> got to worry about COVID. They'll be coming <laughs> exactly, to the yeah. hospital. You know, you don't, you don't want to pick up anything they've got. <laughs> that's a fair that's a fair yeah. point all right there we go flew by as always thank you everybody anything else boys nope not from me uh just a, another installment of the best hour of my week thank you again gentlemen and thank you again to all the loyal listeners that we gathered over 12 bloody weeks now oh 12 weeks yeah thank you everybody thank you for the genuinely genuinely thank you for kind words and such as well we just um i just hope that this is kind of it serves two purposes one was to give people an insight into three different dads at three different stages. Like I would say, I think that's something interesting that people should like talk about or, you know, that we could discuss different scenarios and that kind of thing. And I generally hope it's a good sort of hour of escapism for people. If you fucking, you know, working at a mindless job or doing something boring or tidying your garage or anything, if you can just stick us in your ears and we can help you while away an hour, then that's all better for that. So thank you everybody anyway for the kind words. We appreciate it. Yes, very much. Yes, so. Thank you all. Alrighty, there we go. Take care, everybody. We will talk to you next week. Arrivederci. Later, everyone.